Welcome to the Mindful Mac Podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie. On this podcast, we would like to showcase stories that led ordinary people to doing extraordinary things through a positive mindset, self-growth, creativity, improvement, being a good leader, and, well, leaving a legacy. With this podcast, we hope to inspire you to apply these principles to your life to see where it can get you, while also providing you with brain food to fuel you on your journey. In today's episode, we have my 10th grade multimedia design teacher, Ryan Rudder, here with us to share his story. We could go ahead and get started with our first question. For the people that are new to you, explain what you do, who you are. Um, so my name is Ryan Rudder, and um, I've been working in real estate. This is I'm about to be in my sixth year, and it's been, it's been a great time, and it's kind of a long story getting to where I am now. Um, and just to share, I guess, a little bit about that journey and where, where it started is kind of back in, started back in education. And when I was in college, I was, I went and I didn't really know just growing up. I think a lot of people have these aspirations of what they want to be when they grow up. They think like, I want to be like, I don't know, a doctor or a physical therapist or whatever, um, firefighter. But for me, I didn't really have any strong calling to a profession or something like that. Um, I do remember thinking, I just want to be married. That was like one of the biggest things that that I could think of. I was like, I just want to be married. And, but as far as a job is concerned, I really didn't have anything um, and so when I went into, I went to college and it was a, I, I did, a, I knew I wanted to do some form of business and, um, I just did a, I was a business management major and which is about the most generic, uh, major you can have, uh, other than like general studies when it comes to business, I guess. Uh, so just, it was, there, there really isn't anything explicit in there that will help you do anything in particular. It's just kind of like a general overall degree. And so I wasn't too excited about that because I was already not, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got out. Um, Cause I was like, well, I have this degree and it's just about as general as my uh, feeling for what I want to do. <laughs> so I didn't know where I was going to go <laughs> after that. Um, so after I was in my final year, I was in my senior year, and um, a lot of my business classes kind of intertwine with technology, and I had taken a lot of IT classes, and my counselor called me in there and said, um, hey, you know, if we, if you take these four classes and just drop these elective the last, uh, your last year or last semester, um, you could, you could double major and get a grant and um, it would be computer information systems. And so I was like, all right, like, that sounds good. I'll have two, ma- two majors. I get a grant, so I'm getting money to help me pay for college. And, um, and I'll be able to, it's a little bit more specific, you know, that major. So you'll be able to do, I'll be able to do more with it or at least have, you know, something extra to help whenever I go to get a job. And if it hadn't been for that, conversation and for her pulling me in just to 
to tell me that, that I had that opportunity, I, I probably would not be um, doing what, uh, or at least where I am today. My path definitely wouldn't have been the same, I don't think, because I wouldn't have had the same opportunities. Um, so after that, I actually spent the summer, I had to stay for the summer semester. I think I had to finish two more classes uh, that were affiliated with it so I could get that grant and get the double major. Um, so I graduated and walked with everybody um, for the business degree, but didn't have the CIS degree until after um, after the summer. And so after that, um, something that I appreciated about my dad was that he, and just my parents in general, they just, they didn't have like these high hopes or like these big aspirations for yeah, what like expectations. Yeah. What they expect me to do or be. And, um, my dad, something he always said that y'all never forget is, you know, you could, I don't care if you're a, a garbage man, you know, that drive a garbage truck. Like, I don't care. He's like, I just care. I just want you to be happy. That's what I want you to do. And so for me, that was, it took a lot of pressure off because I didn't feel like, oh man, like I need to, I don't know, do something to like earn or, or measure up to what they think I need to be or do. And um, so it, it left it very open. And so something that I've always kind of taught other people is kind of the same thing. It's like, do, do what's going to, where you're most happy. Cause I mean, truthfully, my belief is that where, where you are most alive or most happy is, is where God wants you to be. Because that's, I mean, a lot of people think that his, his will is in conflict with with your own and you know sometimes that might be the case but for the for the most part he well, you know he wants part, the best yeah. <laughs> he, he wants the best for you and I think what most people don't realize is if you know whatever he has for you is going to be better than anything you could ever imagine you doing yourself sure. so um so I left I left college with the two degrees and I had done like some ministry stuff throughout college and I got a phone call and it was, um, it was a friend who wanted me to go work at a camp in Texas. It was a Catholic camp out there and it was a, a missionary position that basically was a combined ministry and also fixing everything. So it was like almost like property management at the camp. And so it was a perfect blend of like doing like investing in kids lives and doing ministry and but also like doing a lot of repairs plumbing and like a lot of work like hands-on stuff that Andy, I really <laughs> yeah I, I really enjoy doing that and um one of the one of the days I, I came home and I was out there for about a year and a half I came home and my sister had her first child and I just remember thinking um, I came to hold him and like, he just started crying. And at this point, I think he was like, he, I don't think he was a year yet, but I was thinking, Oh man, like he doesn't even know who I am. <laughs> and I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like it was important to be around my family and just kind of at least invest in their lives. And, um, so where my nephew could actually know who I was. So 
so I moved, I wanted to move back. So I went from doing that uh, kind of a missionary and property management to like, all right, well, let's, let's start working on stuff with my degree and see if I even like any of this stuff, because I really hadn't done anything too in depth with either degree at that point. And so I came back and I started doing, um, I started doing my own computer business where I would go out and help people and word. I mean, it was like kind of word of mouth, really. I really wasn't doing any marketing whatsoever. Um, I did have business cards, but that was about it. And people <laughs> would share, share my card and share information. And I was like going out to people's houses and helping them. Cause I, I mean, I have at that point had technology um, knowledge and was able to like fix and repair and, um, but, and I kind of learned that stuff through, through a portion of school, but also just in my own curiosity and love, love to take things apart. And uh, so I started doing that and it just wasn't really providing enough money to do anything really. I mean, not, not do as much as I would want to do. And um, my, I moved back home and I was, I was staying with my parents and I wasn't having to pay rent or anything. So that was nice um, to try and get my, my feet on the ground. And then it really was going kind of slow. And I heard from a friend that there was a position opening up at a hospital doing it. And so <clears throat> I worked there, I got the job and they were one, they were impressed. They were like, it looks like you've been doing your own business for, I think at that point it was like a year and a half or something like that. And they were like, uh, I think that was one thing that was, I had going for me that I had been doing that already on my own. And then um, the with the degree as well, I had, there was somebody else who had been working there for many, many years um, prior to me working there. He's a little bit older, but um, I remember him telling me what he made financially. And uh, it was, wasn't that much more than what, what I felt like I was making starting out. And so I was thankful, you know, for that degree that I had, and um, I feel like that helped financially, you know, when it came to getting hired and and getting hired, you know. So I worked there um, for three and a half years, and as I worked there, I kind of discovered that if it's kind of like being a fireman when you work in IT, if nothing's burning down, for the most part, you. you know, <laughs> It, you're just sitting there and um, I mean there are things to work on but you know in in my position what I was doing I was I would say more of like a help desk role um, but we kind of blended a bunch of other things because it was a smaller hospital and so we wound up doing a lot of other like networking and things but it was if something wasn't burning down we weren't getting called and so there were days that I would sit there for literally eight hours or seven hours and the phone wasn't ringing and I was like, I'm going to go crazy because I, can't, I don't have the, the personality to sit there and do nothing. Um, so some, for some people, I think that's their dream job. They're like, yes, I could like sit there and play games all day, look at my phone or whatever. But for me, I felt like I was, I don't know. I felt like I was created for more, you know, and I felt like I was rotting in a, like in a cubicle sitting there. Yeah. And, um, so 
I kind of had already started looking um, and there were some other frustrations, you know, it was more, it was, there was a bunch of other frustrations with the job, but I think that was kind of the biggest thing was I just felt so almost like borderline depressed. I was just like, I, I just feel like I need to do that. Wasn't it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I forgot, I guess my, one of my best friends, um, got into education and I was thinking, you know, that'd be awesome. You know, if I were to get married, um, which I had, you know, still wanted to, it's like, if I, if I did get married and we had kids and our kids, you know, were in school, I would get out at the same time. That'd be awesome. I'd get to spend a lot of time with, you know, my family, which, you know, was a priority and which was something that was important to me. And, um, so I worked in education for three years and the way that I got that job, I don't obviously have an education degree, um, because I already told you the two degrees that I, that I did have, but I went and interviewed for the position. There was a, it was a career, career tech position that was being, um, taught at a high school that, um, you're well aware of. And <laughs> so I, uh, so I was, I was sitting there and uh, he said, you needed to have so many years experience in your field before you were to educate other people. And I think it was like, it might've been three years. I don't know. Or two, I think it was, maybe it was two years. I don't know. But that kind of opened up the door. So looking back, I was kind of like, wait, why am I doing this stuff? But you look back and you're saying like, oh, like I couldn't have done that without doing that prior. And um, so it opened up the door for me to even be able to do that. And one of the things that I was really excited about is because I had previously done that, that ministry position and kind of investing in kids' lives and, um, and then being isolated in the cubicle and then being like, okay, this is awesome. Like this is an awesome opportunity to like invest in kids' lives and like, hopefully, you know, make some kind of a a positive change and um, just help people out. And so I left, I left uh, the hospital, went into education, and during that time, um, I met who my wife, and we wound up getting married, wound up having our first child, and then found that, oh man, I'm not going to be able to afford having a child, and my wife you know, wanted to stay at home. And, and at the time, you know, our, my, your entry pay, pay grade, if, if you're, is just so minimal. And I'll just share, I mean, I think my paycheck was $2,017 a month. It was just so, so small. I mean, most people have a, you know, a mortgage of that's almost takes that up. Yeah, you know? yeah that's true. And so it's like, after that, I mean, you, you have utilities and food and um, gas and just everything, everything adds up. And so we were fortunate enough because I, when I was living, uh, I was living at home when I worked at the hospital. So I was able to save uh, some money. So where we could have not as big of a mortgage as I would say most people do, but, um, but I knew that we couldn't stay in that position um, and they, you know, they had other options like, and like you could you know, drive a bus and you can coach and you can get a job during the summer. And I was like, well, 
the whole point of this job, like when I started, um, other than, you know, investing in people's lives was that I'd be able to invest in my own family's life when my kids go to school, you know, so that when they get off, I'll be off and like, we can, you know, I can spend time with them. And, um, so, and part of that is, and this might, I don't know if you're gonna have another question that covers this, but part of this is because of like my own dad, I just felt like there just wasn't enough time with him. And like, he, he's still alive. Um, so like, I <laughs> gratefully can still oh, I can spend, <laughs> I can still spend time with them, but, um, I just felt like there's, there just wasn't a lot of quality time, um, just to spend with them when I was a kid. And so I didn't want that for my kids. I just wanted to be able to spend more time with them. And so anyway, I was like, if I'm going to do all those other jobs, I really felt like I would be essentially like a father to all these other kids. You know, if I'm going to be out until 11, yeah. If I'm going to be out until 11 o'clock at night, like during, you know, coaching football or something, like where are my kids going to be? You know, like they're going to be in bed sleeping and then, or if I'm driving a bus and I don't get back until, you know, five or six o'clock, or if I go work during the summer, I was like, I might as well just go back to IT where I was getting paid more than I, to begin with. Yeah. And sitting go, there go, doing go, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I might as well just go back to what I was doing. And then at least we can afford to do the things what we want to do. And, um, so it was kind of a crazy story. Um, if you're not familiar with how the, um, tenured system works here um, after you the first day of your fourth year they the school system can't fire you um, unless you do something really um, really bad <laughs> really stupid so but it's it's I understand the reason for it because when administration changes at a school which happens you know relatively often a lot of people will just bring bring the coaches from their school and all that stuff with all the politics that's involved with that and and as a result then people would be you know kicked out and lose their jobs and so as a result they have you know this system and i'm sure there's plenty of other reasons as well but that's one that i i guess witnessed and saw but um the so the the tenure system allows you to i guess keep your job after that point unless you do something wrong really wrong and uh but i hadn't been there for that amount of time. And so the position that I filled when I came in, they said that they were gonna, um, the teacher whose position I, or classroom I took, they were going to move him back into that classroom and stop his role. And that was, uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is, I'm gonna be let go. And they were like, yeah, we're gonna, I mean, I said they were gonna give me a, a, a pink slip or whatever. Um, and I was going to be let go. And then they were like, well, we can try and find you a job in another school. And I was like, eh. I was like, no, you're like, it's already not really working out. I'm good. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, they called me a week into it. Um, so after they, and so it was all crazy. So we, we were pregnant with our first child. Um, and they gave me like the notice that I was going to be let go we were under contract with our first house. We were buying our first house. And um, so we backed out of that house. We we're like, look, I just found out I'm losing my job. I'm like, we're not gonna be buying. Actually, no, I have to go back. We, I didn't know we were pregnant at that time. 
Okay. But um, we, I found out that I was losing my job. We were under contract for our, for, with our first house and we let it go. Cause we were like, you know, this is, we're going to get, I'm going to get fired. I don't know what we're going to do right now. So let's just take a break on the, on the house thing. Well, a week later, they call me back and they say, well, we're not going to do that transition this year. Um, we're actually going to do that next year, most likely. But if you want to come back and, you know, do your third year, um, then you can complete the certification because, like I said, I didn't have that education degree, but that would complete. You needed three consecutive years of teaching to complete your alternate certificate that would allow you to teach and be in the education system. And so I, uh, I was like, okay, well, I can finish that. And if I ever want to teach, I'll at least have this certificate. And uh, so I was like, if I don't find something better. <laughs> so, yeah, and I wanted, yeah, that's true. at that point, I was like, I can see the writing on the wall. Like right now, like not a priority. So, um, and I didn't wind up finding anything really that was um, so compelling that I was like, I, you know what, I'll just go back and finish. And so but then we found out we were pregnant and that's, that's when we found out we were pregnant. So when we found that out, I was like, now we're definitely going to buy a house because I was like, if the plan was for my wife to stay at home, I was like, if, if you want to stay at home, then it's going to be harder to get approved financially for to purchase a house on just one of our income. So I was like, let's go ahead and do it. And then um, we'll just, you know, after, after the baby comes and we'll just deal with it and go from there. And so during that last year, that third year of education, we had our baby first child and then kind of quickly saw that, you know, with bills and everything with housing, uh, our mortgage and uh, just, it just wasn't going to do it. And that's kind of when all the, the, those questions came up with like, okay, we're not going to be able to do this financially. Um, and if we can make it work, then I'd have to be working all tons of hours and coaching. And I just felt like I was, I don't know, going to become a dad to like all of these other kids, which isn't, you know, bad, but when it, when it relieves or not, when it makes it to where I can't be a father to my own children, I felt like that was a problem because like those are, well, that was the I mean, goal to begin with was to spend more time with your family. Exactly. So anyway, so that was, uh, I didn't know. And it's funny, like, cause through all this, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I didn't think like, Oh, like I know like what my plans A, B and C are. And if this happens and that happens, like, um, even when I was teaching, I, I, you're never too old to like start something new. Like you That's never, true. you never, the only uh well i'll say this like in during the start of real estate they have something called like limiting beliefs and it's not just real estate it's anything but it's basically they're like i can't do that because somebody else has already done it or like i i'm just too old to learn to do like this new thing or what, whatever those things are it's it is a limiting belief that you're placing on yourself like there's no the only person stopping you is yourself. I like and that. So, I like that. So, and your own, your own, you know, mindset, if you feel, if you think you, if you think you can't, you're right. That's if true. You, think you, you, you know, like <laughs> you're not. True. So 
it's a, I don't know. So it's something I never felt like pinned in, like I could, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily feel pinned into what I'm doing now. I'm like, if we decide that we don't want to do this anymore, then, you know, there's always something else. There's something else that we could do. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoy what I do now, but, but at anyway, at the end of that third year, um, one of, one of my friends, his wife was going into real estate and he was just talking to me about it. And he was like, man, I really feel like you'd be good at it. And I really think, um, you'd enjoy it. And the more I started to ask questions about real estate and it was my, so my dad, um, and my family, they've all like owned their own businesses and started their own businesses. And my dad, um, just got out of his business that he had for over 30 something years. And, um, it was, it was something that there was a lot of negative aspects of it because when you're working for yourself, you seem, I mean, 10 time, it's hard to manage your time. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of flexibility. And so anyway, it was a, uh, the more I learned about it, the more I was like, it's really, if, if you learn anything about real estate, it's that it is, you're, you are an independent contractor and your license, you, it's just hanging with some brokerage. So like, it means nothing if you're like, oh, like I work, my license is with Keller Williams or my license is with, you know, Brookshire Hathaway or what, whatever the company is, it's really irrelevant because those company, any brokerage, you can have two different agents from the same brokerage and they can run their business completely differently. So like completely different. And like one could be the, an awesome agent and one could be an absolute terror and that you would never want to work with. So like, it really is, um, it's anyway. So it's, oh, the more I learned about it, I was like, man, this is great. Like, and for me, it, with education, you, you're, you're basically, you can sit there and look at your pay for years to come just by, cause it's just a stair step raise. And it's like, you work here for three years, you make this much. You work here for six years, you make that much. You work here for eight years, you make this much. And it's not, there's no incentive for you to do a good job or, you know, it, it doesn't, not other than like your, your personal uh, desires, you know, and you feel, I don't know, what you feel is right. But there's no incentive because uh, financially, because there's, it doesn't matter if you're a great teacher or a terrible teacher, you're getting paid the exact same. And so after leaving there, and when I was at the hospital, I was working there three and a half years. And I had asked like, can I get a raise? Can I get a raise? I've been here for like two years. I've been here for three years. You can't tell me I'm not more valuable than I was when I started. And, uh, you, you know, finally, finally, like right before I left, they were like, Hey, we're, you know, we know you. And I think, every business is like this. And uh, <laughs> if people are listening to this and they feel like they know what this is like, I mean, it's like, if you've ever read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, it kind of like puts it, it, it puts it all into perspective. And it's like, when you read it, you just think that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Um, but it's just like the, the thing is they, will string you along as long as possible for as little as possible 
until they see that like they're like oh gosh like he's gonna leave so like they caught wind that I was gonna leave and I started looking and they were like oh we'll give like they gave me a substantial raise they're like here's a here's a big raise we know and we we can back pay and like we're sorry blah blah and um I'm I was grateful for that um but it was kind of the it was just kind of too late you know at that at that point and but my point is not not you know to have any negative feelings like toward them or anything but the point is that when you're working for somebody else you're subject to how much they say they're going to pay you and and when they think is a good time to give you a raise or in the instance of the of the school system you're still subject to what they're going to pay you and there's no <laughs> i mean you can just look ahead in time and see what they're going to pay you and there's nothing that you can do to increase that pay by your merit or by the the quality of of your education that you're giving to people and so after leaving both of those places and having those life experiences i just felt like i wanted to do a job where i could be rewarded for the, the quality the amount yeah the amount of work that I put in and the quality of work that I do and so like this business is a it's a great blend of the amount of or how hard you work how smart you work and the way that you treat people so like it's this it's a service industry it's a service business and so I just wanted to do something where I was like rewarded for the quality of work that I do. And so it was, it kind of opened up the door. I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I just, I liked the aspect of it and I encountered tremendous adversity getting into it um, from so many people, including family members who were like, you're gonna fail. Like you're not gonna, you're, you know, this is not people's primary jobs. They don't do this for career. This is like, they do this as a side hustle. And so like I was, it instilled a lot of doubt and fear in Did me. Did that fuel you to move forward in any way? Oh yeah. I like. I it, was just it, sure. I know people that are like, you tell me I'm not going to do this or not to do this. I'm going to do it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, so I, uh, at first I, I can't use the word that um, I would like to use, but I'll just say it made me <laughs> upset. It, like one one person in particular um, said said the words like, "I just let me think of the way they said it. <laughs> I don't want to." They said, "I don't want to be the one to t- to say I told you so," and man. I I was like I was like uh uh-uh. uh I was like. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, we're going to, I'm going to make this junk work. I'm going to put everything I can into it because I don't ever want to hear those words. I was like, and I was, I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe that somebody, I don't know. Like, I understand. I think it was coming from like the, from the best possible place that it could of like that person caring for you and yeah. being like, I don't I want, want you to fail. For you. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want you to go through hardship, you know? And so it was coming out of a good place, but that being said, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's one of those things like if I hadn't heard that, then I wouldn't have done as good as I did. 
you know, like I wouldn't have been so, so fueled to be like, that's no, this is, we're making this. Let me show you what I can do. Yeah, that's right. So, so anyway, that was, a. um, so I got out of it and everybody, there was, I think two people, um, who were positive forces in, in the, and one was my wife. Um, she is amazing. And she was like, you know, she was like, you can do this. You can do this. And it was like, okay, like I just needed like some support. And the other person I called was, uh, I called my real estate agent that helped us buy that house. Really? That we, yeah. So crazy story. We backed out of that house when we found out we were pregnant. Uh, I'm sorry. We backed out of that house when we found out I was losing my job. And then we were searching around for the house. We wound up getting the same exact house that we were originally under contract for, um, for $10,000 less because it had gone on the market. So like it, it, somebody else had it under contract when we decided we were going to buy a house again. And then I got a phone call and he said, Hey, that house just fell through the people's financing fell through. Do y'all want, you know, and I was like, let's do it. So we, we wound up buying that same house. Um, but I called my real estate agent. I said, look, I said, do you know anybody who does this as like the sole means of, you know, providing, like, do you know somebody who's a sole provider and they do this? Um, and his answer was no. Um, he was like there, he goes, you know, he did it, but his wife, his wife actually was in education. And I was like, well, He's, he goes, but I think you can do it, man. He goes, I, he goes, I, and I said, do you think I, that was my question? I was like, do you think I can do it? And he goes, I think you would be good at it. He goes, I think, he goes, I think you can do it. And so I was like, okay, like my wife's got me and this guy who's in the industry, in the business, he's like, you can do it. And so it wasn't a lot, but it was enough. But it was something. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was enough to have like at least two people like, all right, like two people actually like my wife believes in me, thankfully. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I and think then, too, it's like so important because um, I can relate, but it's like, you know, I don't need to have a lot of people that approve. And when I say like approve, like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm not asking for approval. Like I'm just telling you. So my mind's kind of made up and like you can either support me or not. Um, and yeah. for me, like when I, when I told my boyfriend about like, yeah, I'm going to do this podcast. It was just like, when he was like, I'm supportive. Um, it was just like, for me, I was like, that's all that I, that I care about. You know, I told him like, your opinion's really important to me, but at the same time, I'm not looking for approval. It'd be great to have support, but you know, I'm like, this is yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my thing. And I think it's really important too, like in relationships, especially, you know, with a significant other is that like, really, if nobody else supported you, if just that one person supported you, it's like, that's all you really need, you know? Yeah. At least for me, I can't speak for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. So having that, I was like, all right, let's do this. So the benefit of coming out of education. Um, so we had a choice to get paid 12, our paycheck divided into 12 months or nine months. And so a lot of people do nine months and then they'll work during the summer or something like that. But for me, for budgeting, 
I was like, I, it's easier for me to know that we have a certain amount coming in every single month. And so I did 12 months, which is why it was $2,017 or whatever it was. It was extremely, um, it was somewhere in the two, 2000 something. It was like 17 or $34, but it, does, it doesn't really matter. Either way, it was not a lot in comparison with the bills that we were having to pay. Yeah, and, and you had a baby on the way too during that time. That's right. That's right. I actually just want to interject real quick. Um, I had reached out. Uh, I was thinking about making the podcast. How I got in touch with uh, Ryan, which is really weird because like I'm so used to calling you Mr. Rudder. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually was the last time I had saw I had seen you since we kind of catched up was um, during that time when um, you were about to be let go. And I remember um, you and your wife were having the ba baby number one was coming out or on the mm. way. Um, and after that, like, you know, I just kind of went on with my thing and, you know, you you did your thing. And um, I was walking my dog in John's neighborhood, in my boyfriend's neighborhood. Um, and next thing I know, like I'm walking by and I'm like, is that? are you the listing agent on that house? Like I'm walking my dog, I'm walking custard and I'm like, and I'm squinting. And as I get closer and closer to the house, I'm like, that's Ryan Rudder as the listing agent on the house. And I was like, I just thought it was so cool. I remember I Snapchatted like people that knew you from high school. I was like, look, it's Ryan Rudder. Like, this is so cool. Okay, maybe I was the only, maybe I'm just your only <laughs> fan, okay? But everybody was like, you're so weird. And I'm like, it's so cool. Cause you know, you kind of, for us, as students from our perspective like there was a lot of people that liked you i know um trey riley me trey riley danny servos in your class we like really enjoyed your class and you for at least for me like really changed um our, my life and actually during your class you were like when you get out into the professional world you can't have an email that's like i don't know I love Drake one, two, three at hotmail.com or whatever. And I remember you were like, you were like, okay, so we're all going to get on Google on Gmail and we're going to make an email until this day, that email that we made in your class is my email. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and it's, it's crazy because I don't know if I was just like weird, but everybody was just like, yeah, you know, he's gone. But I was like, it was so much more than that. Like I felt that pride as I was walking my dog is like, okay, I remember the last time I checked in with you, like you guys weren't, you and your wife were not really in a good spot. And I'm like, you're the listing agent. And now as we're catching up and we're hearing your story, as we will continue to hear your story, um, it's just like super cool for me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> so... Yeah, so after leaving education, um, the best part about having it spread over 12 months was that we got paid the same amount during the summer months, even though we were, were not, you know, technically in class teaching. And so my last my last month of education, I, I realized like, okay, I'm not I'm not going into this. And they had offered, they said, look, we'll find you another job at a different school. And I'm like, man when you when you start to like develop relationships at a school and you all the kids know you even like kids coming up they have like certain expectations about your class and um you know i think things change in every job but like with education they they change my my core schedules as well and so it was there was a few things that like it just kept i don't know reinventing the wheel and like kept changing um classes every year so like I it was doing a whole new course 
you know, coursework for every single class, every single year. And it was just, it's pretty draining. And <clears throat> so it was nice getting into knowing that I was going to change jobs, but still have pay, being paid through until August. And so school ended in May. And so we had June, July, and then August to kind of figure out what's going on and try, try and make, you know, a go at this real estate thing. So the last month, in, it was in May, I, I decided I'm going to do real estate and I'm going to just work after everybody leaves the school. I was just going to kind of plug away at this real estate course online for a couple or a few hours until about dinner time and then come home. Um, so I'd stay after school and start working on that. And so I had already started doing my licensing and which is not, I mean, it's not a huge deal. I mean, you could do, do it in like two weeks or if not less. Um, but I, so after the school year ended, I went full time. I didn't like no, no breaks. We didn't like, I don't know, go on vacation, which we didn't have money for anyway, <laughs> so, but didn't okay. take any. Yeah. So vacation. it was like, yeah, that's right. So I went directly and just started working like it was like a job. Like I got up every morning, you know, took a shower, ate breakfast, and then went in, you know, what is my office at 8 a.m. and just started doing uh, the course until five or six or seven that night. And I wound up finishing it in a week. And wow. after, well, I had done some of it during the school, like after hours. So it was probably about a week and a half or something like that. Um, so I'd finished all the licensing requirements for the, the coursework. And then you have to take a license, like a pre-license exam for the course. So we traveled and went and visited some family and he, one of my, uh, my wife's uncles worked at a school. And so I needed a proctor for it. So he proctored the exam. And then when we came back from that, I, I didn't want to wait to get my life. So you, you finish the coursework and then you get the certificate so that you can get your state license. And so then I had to go find a licensing facility where I could go take my state exam. And so all the ones locally were like in two weeks or three weeks. And I was like, I don't have time. Like I don't have time to wait for three weeks. And I was like, by the time three weeks comes, I'm probably going to start like losing some of this retention of information. So I was like, I don't want to be like aimlessly studying for three weeks. I found there was a testing facility in Louisiana that um, would allow me to do it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have, they'll, they can give you your state exam in a different state. um, As long as it's a, I guess, whatever kind of licensing facility, because they have all, they have all of the, the exams and it doesn't really matter if you're in that state. So they can give you your state exam in a different location or in in a different state so we went over to new orleans um which we have family there and i took the exam passed and then then started the journey of like okay well who who am i gonna put my license with and so i started listening to a podcast which i I, you know honestly i don't even listen to podcasts um that's not true i i do listen to podcasts uh but listen to this one (laughs) Yeah, but Your not episode. as often. There you go. But not not as often 
as like I think the majority of the population listens to podcasts. I'm like, I don't even have time to listen to podcasts. But um I really I that was the only time that I I think was dedicated to listening to a podcast. And it was because it was a real estate podcast. And I I mean it was called uh Real Estate License Roadmap with Chris Angel. And uh it was it was kind of pivotal because like it was not it wasn't just the support of my my wife and and you know my friend who was a real estate agent who helped us buy our house but it was also listen to this podcast um he he kind of spelled out it is for new agents and um so before I had like interviewed all of these different brokerages, like, where am I going to go? Like, where am I going to put my license? And it was, it's important because if you do that, you, it directly affects how much money you're bringing home. And I had already experienced, like, first of all, like I'm starting from nothing. So like, we don't have money coming in at all. So any money that comes in, we need to keep it, you know, and, and we didn't have, you know, anything at the time. So I started doing some research and like looking at all these different brokerages and on that podcast and episode, like how to choose your brokerage. And so I had like all these interview questions and I, I went to the brokerage and they were like, I've never had anyone have this many questions. <laughs> um, I think, I think most people think like, Oh, this is like a great environment. I like to drink coffee. Like, and so they just like, they <laughs> it's like, free. <laughs> yeah. Like they enjoy like, shooting the breeze and like talking to the other agents in the office and for me I was like for me I was like I I need whatever is the most financially beneficial for my family and um so I wound up uh interviewing all these places and um one of the one of them said have you thought about going to Keller Williams and uh, I was like um, no, I hadn't really heard much about him. So when I called, I actually called the guy, I called Chris Angel who did that podcast. Really? And I said, Hey man, I said, I listen to your podcast. Like I, I'm looking for brokerages. And I said, have you heard anything about Keller Williams? And he said, you know, that's, he goes, oddly enough, that's who he, when he was a real estate agent, he's not Aww. anymore, he said, but he goes, that's who I went with. And, um, Cause it allow they, they talk about, there's a whole thing, like it allows you to do like brand your own branding and stuff like that. Um, and so I went there and interviewed and I was like, and they started this, like, it was like the no brainer, like after comparing everything, um, just financially too, I was like, it just makes more sense than any other place that I had looked at. And so I wound up going, um, going there and, it was, I don't know, that's kind of the, the start of it. We didn't make any money for about six months, which is, I think everyone says, like, if you get into real estate budget, like six months um, of not making any money. And for some people, like some people like already have people lined up and uh, they're already doing stuff immediately. Um, but for me, that was just not the case. And um, it was a, a really, I guess, a lot of work just every day in and out um, for six months until things started to just snowball and started to like actually pick up. So I was like, this is good. Um, 
so anyway, yeah, that, anyway, that's kind of a little bit of my story. I don't know what questions, I mean, I could keep going, but if you, <laughs> but if you have questions you want to ask, feel free. Yeah. Um, with that being said, with everything you, that you do, like, what does your day-to-day look like? I'm just curious. Right. Depends on whether it was when I, uh, first started or right now. So, um, but I'll kind of, I'll share like both in the beginning, um, it was just a lot of just reaching out to people and like contacting people and just letting them know like part, part of it, really anything that you do for yourself, any of your own business, you can't help anybody if they don't know you, you do anything to help them. So like a hundred percent true. So like, it's like, who's going to call you to repair their sink if they don't know that you repair sinks? Like nobody, nobody's going to call you and be like, Hey, Mackenzie, like, I didn't know you were a plumber. Like, of course, <laughs> you, of course you didn't because I never told you I was. Um, but it's the same thing. Like no one's going to call and ask for me to help them, you know, because they trust me to help, help them buy a house or help them sell their house. If they don't know, I do it. So in the first, just in the beginning, I'd say year, it's two years. I spent just reaching out to people regularly to just see one, let them know I was in the business and just say, Hey, look, I've changed, I've changed careers. If you need anything, let me know. I'd be, you know, and I'd be happy to help you. <clears throat> so that was kind of the, the beginning. Um, now um, it, it's mainly doing marketing uh videos i've started doing a lot of videography um i went from doing a lot of of youtube videos uh i started um this is i guess within the last two years when i wasn't doing uh marketing videos for real estate i was doing other youtube videos like how to and a lot of them were real estate related um not not every single one of them was but it, it made it to where I could monetize uh, my YouTube channel. And so I was, I was thankful with that. And then here within the last, I'd say three months, something's changed with the way that they monetize their system. And so like our, the payment has gone down, like what they what the money that would come, come in from YouTube has changed significantly, like less than half of what we were making. Yeah. And so it's kind of pivoted what I'm doing with my time. And before it was like, well, if it's slow in real estate, like I'll just do more like how to videos and um, start building that business too. And because in something I've learned uh, a family member had had like a crazy thing happen where he was in all invested in like one business and that business overnight, literally overnight just went belly up. And he was making probably like six figures plus and just overnight went to nothing, like zero income. And so he was like, don't ever get in that position. Um, And so since then, I was like, oh, man, like, I don't want to be like all in on one thing and not have other streams to where, you know, we're fully. Yeah. So we uh, so I wanted to have some some other. Uh, form of income coming in and since that has changed um it's kind of been a a 
real a good reminder of how the channel started to begin with um, because I was like I don't know why I'm spending my time working on these YouTube videos for like how to things because I mean one I do enjoy doing it and I, I think it's it's cool because there's things where you know if my kids look back they and, get to I mean, see yeah yeah but who knows? I mean, YouTube might not be around when my kids get older, so <laughs> I, have, I have no clue we'll the way how, how quickly everything's moving. But um, but I it's a cool way to like document um, change in um, change in our house, like change the projects that we've done, and it's a it is a good way to um, I guess help other people do those changes who don't know how to do them. And so there's there's that aspect of it, but um, but it was a reminder. The whole way that that channel even started was through doing real estate. Um, it was really primarily for real estate, just to to help people help people keep me on the forefront of their mind of like, oh, Ryan does real estate. So that when I'd put out a video like how to spruce up your home, how to declutter your home, whatever, it'd be like it's something that it's valuable to them because it helps them know how to prepare your home for sale whatever but it's also reminds them oh yeah if i needed help with that he could help me and so after after getting like um our our payments slash uh from from youtube which honestly it really wasn't a lot like it didn't even pay for groceries so like we had i think it was like about it was about four grand a year and i was thinking man if i had spent the amount of time that I've spent on those YouTube videos and invested that back into my, you know, real estate business, I could have made like, I could have made like several times that. Um, so it's kind of, it's been a, I'm thankful for it because it's allowed me to kind of stop, look back and think like, where am I, where am I spending my time? Where should I be spending my time? Where's the most valuable, you know, place that I can put my time? So. I think that's like so important because I do have a lot of like I like I work with high school kids at the pool or just like even some of my, my friends that are still in school or just just in general where they're like, man, I want to pick up this hobby or I want to go tackle this or I want to do, you know, New Year's resolutions or, you know, I, I tell people you don't have to wait until New Year's to change, yeah. but they're like, um, I spend so like I don't even know. They're like, I get in bed and I think I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to text so-and-so goodnight. I'm just going to do a small call. You know, I'm going to see what's on Facebook, what's on, you know, social media. And then next thing they know, they're like, it's 2 a.m. And they're watching videos of, like, <laughs> God knows yeah. what, right? <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand, like, where the time goes. And then you get that screen, you know, that I talked about this in, a, in another episode. But it's like you get that screen time notification. And it's like gosh, I spent 14 hours on TikTok this week or like, you know, and you're like, if you had just invested that time into, you know, um, like your business or your craft or hobbies or learning something new, it's like you could really, really do something for you. Um, and I think that's exactly what I, another reason why I wanted to start the podcast to show and kind of just showcase to people that like if you are just mindful of your time that's why the uh, podcast is called mindful mac because when you're mindful of your time you're mindful of your goals you could be more intentional about what you want to do and kind of uh go from there and by being mindful like that kind of clicks off the rest of the journey 
you know, because when you're not mindful of your time or your intentional or your finances, being mindful of any of those, it's like, <laughs> that happened to me. Like, I would get a paycheck and I would blow it on, like, a weekend, not to, like, party, but I'm like, okay, we're going to go to Korean barbecue, we're going to go do this, we're going to do that, you know, we're at the mall, I'm going to get a pretzel plus a drink, and <laughs> next thing I know, I'm like, you know, it's about to be paycheck time, I'm like, where did all that money go? <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you the next question. Um, what has been... It sounds like just through your story and also knowing you in different parts of your journey so far, um, what has been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome that? Was that like in real estate? Would you say it's family? Would you say education? <laughs> mm. Good question. So one of my biggest challenges, um, I think there's many different challenges in life. Um, so I think starting your own business is, is a huge challenge um, because there's so many question marks of like, you know, what is this going to be successful? Is this worth what I'm the amount of time and energy I'm putting into it? Um, but there's other things uh, that are just as challenging, you know, like you're balancing time. I think, you know, that's the thing that is a consistent thing in my life is just like, okay. And a, a question that I've asked probably, I don't know, 10 times in the last two months, um, sometimes jokingly, but sometimes seriously is <laughs> how, how do you balance like your, everything from your work life that you, I mean, you have to work um, to, to pay bills and, 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 I don't know, live, live, day to, live day to day, balance. So like working your spiritual life, uh, your um, emotion, your emotional health, your physical health, like how do you balance? And then like your, your family time with your kids. And then you your own personal it, time for you as that, well. Yeah, that, and then even like just time with your spouse, cause that's important too. Like just have time together with just your spouse. And so it's a, it's a challenge to just for the balance of all that stuff is like, okay, like how does, how do you schedule your day? And in my job, my schedule changes. So like some days <clears throat> kind of going back to that other question, um, now it's less reaching out to people and more people reaching out to me and they're like, Hey, like I need help. Um, so between marketing, the marketing videos, um, and, reaching out to people, going to inspections, um, going to, you know, closings, going and showing people property. Um, it's the time is comprised of that, but, and the thing that's helped that, uh, is a planner, which I would have never, ever used. Um, and I, I, I tried to use it one year, like three years ago, and it's a, it's an hourly planner which I'm like, what the heck would someone need an hourly planner for? It comes um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was totally not me. I was like, whatever, I'll remember it. And like, I'll, uh, but I, I realized quickly as I got busier and they had like an inspection at this time and showings at this time and a closings at this time. And like, 
I need to call these people. I was like, I need a place to write all this stuff down. Um, but that has been really the biggest thing to, to take a big load off as far as the, my work schedule is concerned. Cause a lot of times I'm like, okay, well, I know we're supposed to be doing something um, on this day. And then I can look at my schedule and see like, okay, like this is, that's not going to work. Um, but I think just, just scheduling time has been a big challenge. Um, and I think having a, a willingness to adapt or change because like things change all the time. The market changes, um, technology changes, things are changing all the time. And if you, the only thing that, the only thing that is constant is change. Like it's, it's always changing. I like that. I like that. And, and so <clears throat> if you're not willing to change or adapt to the changes, then you kind of just get stuck and left behind. And so um, back to social media as well. Um, so I've been doing, I, I kind of like when, when things are crazy and the market was really, really hot, I, I really, I was, didn't have to contact anybody. And I really kind of fell off social media because I wasn't really doing any marketing stuff. And then <clears throat> now, it, you know, it's slowing down. I'm like, oh, I guess I better start up social media again. And uh, so I kind of, I started an Instagram, like, I don't know, a long time ago. And I, like, I posted on it pretty regularly. And then I just, I quit. And then, <clears throat> so I started posting on it again. And you, it is, talk about being mindful with your time. Like, it, it is, I equated, I've never done crack, but <laughs> I would associate it. <laughs> I, I would associate it with like, like some addictive drug, um, and doing, because it's crazy. I, I pulled over the other day to make this post about, um, it was like a for sale by owner sign. And it had like, I guess they had previously written on there with permanent marker. Well, like anybody knows that if you sit something out with permanent marker on it, that's like a vinyl sign or anything like that, it's going to fade off or wash mm -hmm. off. And like, you can't see it anymore. So I pulled by this for sale by owner sign and there's no writing on it whatsoever. And it's just like out of this two acre property. And I was <laughs> laughing. I was laughing because I was like, these people, like, if you don't have time to like market your own property, like, or if you have like some other full-time job, you're not going to be able to market your property professionally. And you're, you're not going to be like, no one's going to buy it. And I, and I was laughing. I made a post because I was like, people couldn't even buy this property if they wanted to. Yeah, Cause like because... you can't even see there's no numbers on it. So I was laughing and I decided to pull over and like make this post. At least I pulled over. I'll say that. Um, but, I, but I pulled over and then like, I swear they set up like Instagram and Facebook. Like I don't, it is like the worst interface. Like if you try and like go to reels, you have to like jump like to go create a reel you have to jump into reels mm -hmm. to go create a reel yeah and i'm like tell me that's not like totally intentional because it's like just drive you to like oh man and so like i started scrolling through and like saving videos for marketing and stuff and i'm thinking i've been pulled over for like five minutes i'm like yeah. what am i doing you so, know actually uh when i started my tiktok there's not really much on there because i'm just kind of starting 
the first thing they teach you when you pull up the app, like you make your account, and the first thing they teach you is how to scroll. And they have animations that show you like your finger going up and down. And I'm just like, it's so addicting. You know what I'm saying? And like, next thing you know, it's just like, oh, I started in real estate videos. Next thing you know, you're figuring out how to cook. Next thing you know, you're watching those crappy five minute, 10 minute crafts that they post on Facebook all the time. And it's just like, why am I, what just happened? Well, why was I yeah. here? You know, yeah, and it's just like, like oh. <laughs> I just wasted my life. Oh my god! Five minutes, man. <laughs> I know it is. It's insane. It, and the thing is, like, it just it is like crack. It just loops. So, like, as soon as the it, the video does not end, and there is no pausing. There's no pausing the video. It like you. It can just does the it. scrolling for you if your finger's broken yeah. or something. <laughs> I, I'm like, what? Like, anyway. So time management is difficult. Um, managing personal relationships so there's other i think aspects of life that are are difficult um managing you know your your family dynamic and relationships not just locally like in your personal uh immediate family but just like your extended the family for me so just getting along with people and that was even in your work environment, getting along with people that you don't necessarily uh, have the best relationships with and just making, I don't know, making a point to, to love, them any, love, and, love them anyway. And it's really hard. And sometimes love can mean um, many different things when it comes to actually loving someone. And sometimes that means not <laughs> not not really having uh that much of contact with them because it's not great so there's a lot of challenges in life but that i'd say that was probably what i've said is probably the biggest ones so kind of going into the next question what took you a long time and it could be honestly with what we just talked about like that could have been your answer but like what took you a long time to figure out or realize and you wish you had known sooner in would you say okay. planning for real estate sure whichever area of your life that you want to um <clears throat> great question so uh when you asked that question initially before we you know started talking yeah, we reviewed. like what what would that be like what would that be i honestly don't really have like regrets or like, I don't feel like, Oh man, if I had known like doing this, cause like, I, I feel like when I got into it, when you get into any business, like there's a huge learning curve. And so like, there's so many things that you don't know that you don't know that you're just drowning. I mean, I remember the first month I really didn't do anything for the first month of being in this business because the first month is just setting up profiles. Like I remember like you have my, the MLS has a profile and you got to set up your Zillow profile and you got to set up your KW profile or whatever brokerage you, then you got to do like a little about me about every single profile. So like, there's so, I spent a full month just like, what, how do I want to appear on all these like realtor.com, like all these different yeah. websites that I'm like, how am I supposed to, I don't know, do all this. And then you have to learn, you know, the systems 
um, that are in place for those different platforms. So then you're learning and learning like all the technology behind it. So it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. It's like, like have so much coming at you. Um, but it, I mean, it finally like, so in, in real estate and I'm sure any other business is like you, you do what you're going to do like consistently. So, okay. and that, that, that works. Okay. So you don't, you don't like if, what I'm going to do consistently is drink coffee and not reach out to anybody. Like that's not going to help your business, but like that's true. it, like pick, you pick what works that you're going to do. It's kind of like the best exercise um, routine that you can do is the one that you will do. So like, if you pick out something that you're like, Oh, the best exercise routine is an hour long. It's like, but you're never going to do that. So like pick the five minute one, that you're actually going to do that you enjoy. And so for me, I picked out reaching out to people on, you know, at, at the time, I guess was, you know, Facebook. Um, and so it was my way of reaching out to people. And so I don't, I don't know, like, I don't have any things like I wish, I wish I had known this before. Cause I felt like I only had the capacity to learn as quickly as I did. And I feel like the things that I did were, I, I feel like they were the right things to do for me. Like I didn't, I didn't think afterwards, like, oh man, like I, I wish I had, you know, instead of reaching out to people on Facebook, I wish I had started doing, you know, cold calling people like for sale by owners or something like that. I don't know. But like, it wasn't, I didn't want to do that. And so it wasn't, yeah, whatever I'm works sure. for you. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I, I don't really feel like I'm sorry, I had to plug in my computer before I died. You're okay. But so I don't feel like I don't feel like there is something that I wish I had known. I, I I mean I feel like a lot of life is, I mean, you can look back and think like, oh gosh, like I wish I had done this before. I wish I had knew, you know known this prior. But <clears throat> when I it's look funny, back, right. Yeah. When I look back, I think, man, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like <clears throat> other than saying like, you were thankful for it. Yeah. When you look back in life and you think like, there's times when I remember thinking like, why am I going through this? And what is the meaning of this? And <clears throat> now I can look back and I can understand the reason for like, oh, like that's why I went through that. Like there, there was uh, some hardships that I went through in life that now looking back, like I fully understand like why I had to go through those. And it's because like if I hadn't gone through those, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's what I kind of feel like if I hadn't gone through the things that I needed to learn, um, then I wouldn't be where I am today. It's true. I asked a lot of people that I know, and also just knowing these people that are on the podcast or will be on the podcast. <clears throat> like, 
my best friend, she'll do an episode, but she's uh, kind of in the same spot um, as Miss Bingham, like a lot of health issues. But it's like, um, if you could go back and undo you having so many health issues, would you do it? And usually it's a no. And even for me, when I had brain surgery during that time, like now looking back, like it, I think in the moment it didn't make sense, but moving forward or like in retrospect, I'm like, I would have never, ever had changed that because I wouldn't have met all the people during that time in my life or who are still (laughs) here with me today um, or that I still keep in contact with. And at the same time, I wouldn't have learned those lessons. And I'm just like, usually when people are in dark spots, I tell them, it might not make sense now. Um, there's a really good quote. Let me pull it up. I was listening to a podcast, um, and this guy said, everything you're going through is preparing you for what you asked for. And I feel like that's like that's pretty spot on because maybe you might not understand. Maybe during the time when you were in ed- education, um, it some stuff didn't make sense or it was just like kind of more of looser plans but then now you're here and you're like oh that's why i'm here yeah exactly Um, so that's like that's a really cool part um kind of going into our next question i know we talked about uh before we hit the record button um if you could go back in time and give yourself advice uh what time period would you go back to and what would you tell yourself great question I think that I would just say everything is going to, uh, my advice would just be that everything's going to be fine. That to just, yeah, to just, like really trust God and let, let him, <laughs> let him work. And because I think I'm so tempted to take control uh, and to try and, I don't know, manipulate time or, whatever activity that I think that I should be doing or, um, and then question like, you know, why isn't this working out how I quote unquote planned it? You know, like, why isn't this going according to plan? Why isn't this, um, happening the way that that I think it should happen or the way that I want it to happen. And really there's just so much in my life that I probably spent just stressed out about, you know, <clears throat> life not happening the way that I thought it should go. go as planned. <laughs> yeah, or it, <clears throat> it didn't go like in in the time frame that I thought it should go. And it was like, why, you know, I want this now. You know, why isn't this happening now? And uh I think the more the I guess like the the more I've lived and the older I get, the more I'm like, okay, like this is this is not about it's not about me and it's everything's gonna be fine just really let go like stop stop trying to i don't know control everything that doesn't mean like (laughs) stop altogether and like (laughs) stop stop working and like stop trying to provide for your family and everything's gonna be okay i mean (laughs) but but it just means stop stop worrying stop worrying about all these things um that are out of your control do do the work that you know you're supposed to do be the father that you know you're supposed to be or do your best you know to be that um, be the best husband you know in my scenario be the um, best situation you could be. yeah and then the re- i mean all you can do is give give everything 
you know, give it your everything. And then in all of your deficiencies, because we're not perfect, um, just give that up to God and just say, all right, like I'm doing the best I can and I'm going to continue to try and do better. But I don't know. That's a, I think all that you can do really is just to not worry about the things that you really can't control. Do, do the best you can and take I it a day. Actually, if I'm to answer that question, I think that would be like the same thing I would say. I would just go back to every time where I was like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Or like, why is this a lot harder than I thought it was going to be? Or, you know, just being in those dark parts or moments rather than kind of time periods in my life. I'm just like, it might not make sense now, but it'll make sense later. And <clears throat> like, keep, just keep going, you know? Um, Cause like right now, maybe it's not the end of the tunnel yet. And you'll meet people along the way that will, you know, steer you kind of out of, out of the darkness and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. Um, but yeah, mm. I think that's how I would answer it. So I think that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I like that. Now trying to get to know you and how you feel about your job rather than just like your story as it being your job. Um, what is the most satisfying part of your job? And like, what is the most fun part you think that you get to kind of experience and do? Um, <clears throat> so there's, there's two things. Uh, my job, I feel like I enjoy watching the look on people's face when they find what they're looking for. Um, there's, I feel like I'm not the, the best buyer's agent and I, not because I'm like not good at helping people find property and not good. And I'm sure my clients would be like, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that? But <laughs> I just feel like it's, um, I don't know, like for me, like, I, I think some people can like push you into some like one home or another and be like, well, this, and like, I think I'll just tell people like the positive aspects of a property or the negative aspects of the property. And then I kind of just let them discover it themselves. And, um, but there's <clears throat> working with buyers is sometimes a lot of times like a mystery because they don't always know what they're looking for. And, and oftentimes they think they're looking for one thing and then they, uh, <laughs> wind up, they wind up finding something completely different. Like I, I can't tell you how many times, like I've started like looking for property and people are like, I want to downsize. And they're like, we're looking for like 1500 square feet, 1600 square feet. And then like, these are too small. These are too small. I'm like, <laughs> yes, they are. I'm like, so let's go like, start looking at like 2,500. And they're like, yeah, this is better. Like, like, so there's, it's funny because like, it always winds up being like, not always, but a lot of times it winds up being different than what you think, but you know, it, it there's like a, a look or like that you see in people's faces when they find what they're looking for. And they start imagining themselves in like a house or like, or at a property. They're like, we could see this there or our kids running here or like, Oh, we could have people over and like, we could imagine like, so like, it's, it's fun seeing that and um, that aspect of it for a buyer. 
And then for um, the other thing that I really enjoy doing is I, I enjoy marketing and I enjoy making something look and be the best that it can be. Um, so for uh, listing properties without do, spending like a ton of money, you can really change the way that a property is perceived and the way a property looks. And so you, if you, there's some properties that you walk in and you could just think like, oh, this is like totally dated and straight out of the seventies and this looks terrible. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean that, yeah, the neighborhood was built, you know, quite a lot of them in the seventies. Um, but there's one house in particular I'm thinking about that I sold in Gulf Shores um, that was, uh, it was on the canal. It was built, I think in like 79 and it was, uh, it really hadn't changed much since 79. Um, but I was like, you know, you could spend like a few hundred dollars and make this property like, I mean, it's on the water. So, and it was on, I think it was like a half acre or something like that. So it was, it was a double lot. It was a good, good sized <laughs> property. And uh, so we wind up just kind of sprucing it up. We, I mean, just little things like swapping out the doorknobs. I mean, you can get doorknobs offline for like super cheap, like a bundle. Um, same thing with like cabinet pulls that are gold. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I think there's some, there's some gold that's trendy and like that's in, um, but you can't <laughs> typically make anything gold that was from the seventies look like you can't repurpose it. And so I was like, that's not going to go. It doesn't go with anything in this house or in this kitchen. So let's like swap out the poles, which is probably like less than 50 bucks. I don't know what a lot. Um, and then paint <clears throat> can make a huge difference, but and it's not something that's always required unless it's like just totally hideous, but like it's little, little things that you can do. And, you know, <clears throat> a lot of times sellers are like, I don't want to do that. And like, you got to respect that, that, you know, if they've been in this instance, that property had already been listed by another real estate agent and they okay. never, they never sold it. So you already have a lot to like, live up to or like or basically you need to exceed their expectations because you're like they already got have a negative look or opinion of like what they thought they were getting the first time they hired somebody and so <clears throat> i was like i need to make sure that i don't know kind of like restore their faith in somebody who actually does their job and so i'm not saying that the other person didn't do it but like i just i don't know so we went in there and did just really like a few things and um, got some professional photography done, drone shots. and Shout out to um, Bailey Chastain. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we, uh, they saw it and they were like, the wife was like, they were, she was really impressed and she really liked it. And it wound up selling. Um, and the husband was kind of like quiet the entire time, like never said anything. In fact, whenever we started the process, he was like, I don't want you to call me. I don't want you to contact me. The only, <laughs> the only time that I want you to call me 
or message me is when you tell me when we're closing so I can show up to closing. So like he had already like been done with this process. And I was like, oh gosh. Um, and so at closing, he was like, we were walking in and he stopped me and he shook my hand. He said, I just want to tell you, you did an amazing job. Aww. And like, we're so, and it was like, it meant a lot because like <laughs> he hadn't talked to me throughout hey. the internet. And like, it was like, when people, yeah, you don't, you don't ever know like what someone's thinking. And so I was thinking like, I, I mean, I hope he's pleased. Um, and after that, and he goes, not only that, he said like, and do you have some business cards? Cause I'd like to pass them out. So it wasn't that he was just pleased enough that he was satisfied with his own property, but he was so satisfied that he wanted other people to be just he as said, happy. He said, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, he was, he was super excited, but I think like, I, I enjoy that. I'm almost like, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Fixer Upper, like Joanna Gaines, like the, in the episodes, like she goes in and she, the night before, like the family comes in and she's like, just staging everything and like putting things out. And I feel like that, that is what that's like for me is like to go into a property, start, I have like some, some of my own staging stuff and I'll just go in and just start staging. It could be like, it could be a, an ugly property, like really just with what's in there. But like, I have like, people have disgusting, I don't say disgusting, some of them are disgusting. But they have like some really dated like shower curtains and things I'm like, man, if you just like up in some artwork that's like old and dark and like, like you can just put a new picture on the wall, change a shower curtain and like put a plant on the sink or like whatever, like something to stage it. And it can like totally change the appeal and look of, of a room. And so anyway, I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I really enjoy that. So next question, what is your definition of success? Yeah. For me personally, I'm going to put this one actually with one of our closing <laughs> questions. Um, what is your definition of success? Um, and death is inevitable when you're gone. How do you want to be remembered? Great question. And they both intertwine. Yep. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> my definition of success is uh, me leading my kids, my family and others to God and to heaven, because honestly, all the stuff in this world don't does. It doesn't matter. And so <clears throat> I can be, you know, the most successful real estate agent. I can make a ton of money. I can live in an awesome house. I can drive an awesome car. But at the end of the day, I am going to die. And like, I mean, it's just a fact of life. I think most people don't really talk about death because they're afraid of it. Or the, the truth is like, I heard a, uh, <laughs> there's a, a priest on a podcast um, and he talked, it was like during the height of COVID and everybody's like freaking out and afraid. And he said, it, it kind of brings to light, like, it's not something that wasn't there, like your fear of death. It just brought it to light. And he goes, that fears are always been there, but now it's magnified because it's making you think about it. So it's, it's actually a good thing, like to kind of bring to light your fears and things that need to be addressed. And <clears throat> he said, 
in case you didn't know, uh, there's he goes, the rate of death floats roughly around a hundred percent. And it's, and that was kind of like I felt like it's what everyone needed to hear. I'm like, yeah. did you guys forget? Like, we're going to die. Like, like, yeah, I, it's I, inevitable. It happens. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not making light. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's a tragedy. We've had, you know, a lot of people that even we know who've passed away. But, like, the point is that we are going to die. Like, once you're born. <clears throat> life, life ends pretty much one way. And that's with you dying. And... So for me, I think the biggest success would be um, just making sure that I lead my family, my friends, and the other people that I encounter in this world to God, because at the end of the day, that's who they're going to be in front of when they die. That, that would be, I would say, my, my best, biggest success. And what do I want to be remembered for um, when I die? Um, awesome hair that you got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my shiny, my shiny cabeza. Um, but I, I honestly, I don't really care what people remember me as here. Um, no, I mean, like, I don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like I don't care what people think, I guess. But um, I really just care about what God thinks, number one. Or at least that's my, my goal is to just try and worry about what he thinks. Um, but I hope... I hope what they do remember is is my relationship with God so that it compels them to know him more. And I hope when they think, I don't know, when they think about death and they're like, man, hopefully, hopefully I will have lived a life that was worthy, you know, of the life I had been given. And hopefully I lived it well. Uh, last question. I was great answer um any advice for people that want to do what you do whether that's in whether that was in it or real estate or just kind of being more mindful of what they do any advice if you do it not all jobs are like that um <laughs> but if you like sitting around doing nothing you can probably find a job doing that <laughs> um but if you want to do for it yeah yeah um, but I think kind of going back to what, uh, I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. I would say any advice would be don't get stuck in a limiting mindset that this is all I know. This is all I know how to do. This is all I'm capable of. That was one of the other things. So my, my parents instilled in me, not only like, we don't care what you do. Um, you could be a garbage man. That was one thing. Um, so that let off a lot of pressure, but they also instilled, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. And I think just having that mindset of like, I can do, do anything. So you're not restricted to growth. Like a lot of people will feel like I got to be in this business and work here for X amount of years and, you know, max out my 401k in this place. And then like work here until I'm 65 and a half or 62 and a half or whatever, you know, to, 
start collecting retirement. And it's just like, I don't know. So one, don't get trapped in feeling like you're can do nothing else. And you don't, you can still do that job and still do other things that generate income, you know, or start another business to where in the event that you want to leave that you can, you know, like you made those opportunities for yourself. You didn't just become complacent in that sense. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of being like, well, what are you doing with your time? Like, so me and my wife never, I won't say never, but we rarely watch television and, or the news for that matter. So like people typically the way we find out what's going on in the world is when somebody else tells us like, Hey, don't you realize we're, uh, this just happened, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. Cause I don't spend my time like looking what's going on. Cause for the most part, like what I had this conversation with somebody the other day, like, what are you going to do to change it? So it's like, by me knowing that by you having knowledge about something that's going on across the world, what is, what is going, you know, what are you going to do to change that? For the most part, it's nothing. Yeah, it's true. So like, we don't watch television, but I guess my, my point is like, with the time that you have, like, what are you doing with it? Like, are you, are you doing something that's eternal? Are you doing something that's valuable? Uh, are you doing anything? Are you doing something that's like a value? We're created for more. So finding things that, I guess, not being limited um, or having limited beliefs. And then, I don't know, not getting trapped. But as far as someone doing what I do, there's a song. I'm not even going to say what the song is because it's a terrible song. And I've, I've, never, even, I've never even listened to the song in its entirety. But my friend uh, introduced me to the song and it, it says the lyrics are, it's ridiculous, but I'm going to say it. So you'll know, um, I guess, like what was replaying in my head when I started this, it said, you got to go get it, flossing till you finish, ball till you fall. What is it? <laughs> I think it's like, I don't know, but it the it's the chorus and it's like you got to go get it you got to go get it and so like through my mind I was just thinking like for me it would like amp me up to like that's kind of like anybody getting to this who thinks like oh this is like an easy job what and this is a I guess a quote and I'm probably stealing it from so many other people but like what is easy that's worth doing that's true literally almost nothing I don't know if that answered your question but <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> um, Somewhere around about there. Yes. Uh, we're actually at the end. Uh, we finally made it. Um, thank you for your time. And just, I know you are can be very busy. Um, by the way, you do, or just kind of putting this out there, um, you're on, have we had baby number four yet? Are they no. still on the way? No, that's next next month. So Okay. Unless the baby comes early, so which uh, <laughs> I hope the baby didn't come that early, but it's insane. Like just to think about when our paths crossed, like when I was in high school, like you were just on baby number one, and now years later you're on baby number four, and you know this is kind of what you built, and this is like where your journey has led you to be. So that's just like super exciting for me to just capture this moment because I feel like later down the road our paths will cross again. And you'll be on baby yeah. number five. <laughs> it's been an awesome journey. Well, thank you for your time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit the outro. So 
Don't forget to stay mindful because being mindful can help build the best version of yourself. And also, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening in and just supporting me on this podcasting journey. It really means a lot. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe on whichever platform you're using. It really helps us grow our community. And guys, we will catch you in the next one.